This is Colin Baker speaking, the sixth doctor. But you, you are the lucky ones because you are traveling the vortex. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and landed episode number 243. And I also find when facing a cliffhanger, cliches are best. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. That was it. <laughs> I'm Glenn. No, we had the same idea. <laughs> we had Glenn. the same idea, but I couldn't remember what it was. That was it. How are you guys? Very good. Back's about 90% better. Still having some sciatica pain, but I'm getting around now. So. Yeah, you uh, are looking quite spry. Mm. Much better this week. <laughs> Much better. I think the even better from Friday. I think the steroids helped the most. I think that's knocked mm. down the inflammation. And then um, I did, I didn't take any painkillers over the weekend. So wow, yeah. that's really good. There was a snail I saw crawling up the sidewalk out front. <laughs> you you beat him. I beat it this week. <laughs> not actually, not last week, but this this week. No, I I think the only thing the worst thing I had is I tempted fate and I mowed the lawn yesterday because our backyard mm-hmm. was just massive and I. Caitlin's at a point where she does it now, but it was so tall. So I got out there and I raised the mower up and I went across it once. But by the time I was, I'd got most of it swiped over. I knew I was going to have to do it twice. Cause I knew I had to do it high and then do it low oh, yeah. down some of the, by the time that I got it through it, I, my sciatica pain was hurting so bad. Oh. So I went in and got Caitlin and I said, I'm going to lower this, lower this mower. This is only going to take you like 10 minutes. Can you do it? She said, sure. So she finished oh, it up for me. That's good. Sarah's doing a lot better. Good. Uh, she went to the doctor on Wednesday, and they put her on complete brain rest. So what complete brain rest is, in today's modern age, no TV, no computers, no cell phones, no tablets, no screens of any kind. Just kind of sit in a dark room and close your eyes. You can use a cell phone for what it was intended to originally be used as, and that's yeah. stock on it. And really not much of that, because you don't want to think too hard. So no books, no puzzles. Not really any books, any puzzles. No uh, stimuli. No, nothing stimulating, nothing to make her think too hard, uh, which she's done a really good job. Today, she has been the most uh, ornery about trying to get on her phone. <laughs> so obviously, she's feeling better. That's good. Uh, we've been filling the time with me reading to her. Uh, I think it was, we, we started with... A book that we started, I started reading to her back when we were living with Sean, Shatner's Rules, or Shatner's World, and then I was halfway through The Martian, which she had already read, and so we finished The Martian this week, which, go and read this book. It is phenomenal. It is one of the best science fiction books I've read in a really long time. Definitely before you go see the movie. I'm not entirely sure how some of it's going to translate, but I can't wait to see it. It's mm. Looks like it's going to be really good, and the movie looks good. If it lives up to the book at any form, it's going to be phenomenal. The book is so well written; it's amazing. And the guy who wrote it's a huge Doctor Who fan. Oh, cool! Uh, I don't know if you saw the picture. Uh, there, the, the version of the book we got from the library had the questions and answers in the back of it with the author, and one of the questions was Star Trek or, or Star Wars. Oh, I saw your post, and his answer was Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. And then in his, there was an essay following saying he was a huge nerd and he loved Doctor Who and had seen every single episode, classic and new, that existed. Wow. So, yeah, we can relate to him. He's our people. (laughs) (laughs) And then we started with uh, 
where I left <coughs> off on the Harry Potter series, because she read them all, uh, Goblet of Fire. And oh. we're about 90 pages into that now. And we just started that today. Uh, you haven't made a dent in that, then. Uh, better <laughs> dent than I expected to make in a day. <laughs> 90 pages in Goblet of Fire is kind of like a thimble full of water in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> well, the 700 and, yeah, something it's, pages. It's, it's a... It's you're almost it's, a, it's not you're almost a seven it's the other yeah it's, it's a bit, it's a big book I'm enjoying it we're just now at the uh, wizarding or the Quidditch World Cup and they're just actually finally going to start playing so that kind of gives you an idea of where I'm at in the book did you do anything else fun I watched something but I can't remember what it was so it must not have been that compelling how was your week Sean Oh, my week was pretty good. I got um, we got a couple more movies knocked out. Uh, we watched. I don't know why we've kind of been on this older movie kick. Uh, we watched um, Police Academy, which it occurred to me I've never seen all of. I've seen most of, or parts of it. I'd seen you know I remembered bits and pieces of it, but then there were other parts. It's like, nope. <laughs> this was probably about the part of the time that my grandmother caught me watching it and <laughs> shooed me out of the room. That's a classic film. <laughs> Love it was. It was still funny to all these, you know. I think the franchise went downhill, but that one was really good. The first ones, yeah, really. I know I've seen four, which as a kid I thoroughly enjoyed because it was one of those HBO That's staples. when they finally got to PG-13, so yeah. they were releasing them with the lower, <laughs> the lower rating. And I know I've seen five on HBO about a zillion times, but um, I don't really remember. How many are there? Are there five or are there more? I think eight, eight, I believe. Eight. Oh, jeez. Yeah. The last one's not even numbered. It's just Police Academy something. It's got just a name without the number on it. And then um, in preparation for a con this weekend, uh, Lance Henriksen, or Heinrichsen, depending on <laughs> your personal poison. Depending <laughs> on where you live. Depending on where you live, uh, was going to be at. We, uh, of course, you know, I think I told the story last week that we were going to watch No Escape, and the laser disc player was kaput. Mm-hmm. Um, so we couldn't do that one, but I made Mel. She had never seen The Quick and the Dead. So oh, we watched that one. I remember when I watched it. <laughs> yeah, I figured if I talked yeah. long enough, you'd remember. <laughs> it was last night. And that's just such a fun, dumb movie. I love it. It's been a really long time since I've I haven't out. watched it since I, it came, probably since it came out on, on, on video. Mm-hmm. And even sitting there watching, I was like, why don't I watch this one more often? This is thoroughly <laughs> enjoyable. This is just silly. I love it. And then um, Saturday night, I got home <clears throat> and we had. Uh, like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I think I got a movie in me. Are you okay with that? And she kind of rolled her eyes like, oh, it's late, but all right. Because it's like one in the morning. And uh, she's what do you watch? And I was like, well, we talked about this. We talked about this. And we were going to do maybe Bad Boys 2 or one of these other ones. We're just trying to knock some of these other ones out. And I said, you know, I, I own Hard Target, but I've never seen it. And I know Lance is the bad guy in that. So maybe we can go and watch that one since we're going to go see him tomorrow. She says, all right, we can do that one. You ever seen Hard Target? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> This is the greatest movie in the history of ever. <laughs> and Glenn is rolling Glenn's his eyes. Hey, let, me, let, let, me, let me qualify this statement. It's dumb. It's dumb 90s action dumb. Guns never run out of bullets. <laughs> uh, you know, excessive amounts of... Really? I mean, it, 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 it literally... I laughed. We, we laughed so hard through this thing. And I looked at me I was like, this is really reaching... Fast and Furious 6 and 7 levels of you know, <laughs> ridiculous, are you kidding me, at this point. And I had such a good time with it, I didn't care. Did they navigate with the tank at all? They did not. The have, see, that's another great almost moment that could have been in this movie. It's not, <laughs> but 
I feel like it could have been. Um, you know, it's Jean-Claude Van Damme, so there were many roundhouse kicks to the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lance Henriksen just, he's got such fantastically strange dialogue. Everything he uttered in this movie was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and it was awesome. <clears throat> and uh, it's John Woo. So, you know, there were many slow motion birds and uh, we, we just had a great time with it. And Mel thought for sure she was going to pass out and just was riveted and laughing right along. Maybe it was maybe it's because we were up late. Maybe it was the just the writing that <sighs> emotional high if we're going to go see this guy tomorrow. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, it just had a play. Arnold Vosloh's in it, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. He's still creepy. He's not changed much either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the guy, but he's like, you're kind of the bad guy in everything, dude. And yeah. you're kind of creepy at it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just had a lot of fun with that one. So, so how was the convention? Uh, the convention was pretty good. We were, I think we were only there for maybe about two hours, and an hour of that was, was Henderson's panel. Because <laughs> there's just not much to, yeah. And the other thing, we, we, uh, we met Tony Todd, who was uh, Candyman. Among other things. Among other things. He's been, um, Worf's brother is where I know him from, from, mm-hmm. from Star Trek Next Generation. But Mel knows him from Candyman, so we got a Candyman photo. And then um, we met up with Kirk, which was really nice. He, he came down, and so we kind of palled around. Was that a coincidence, or you guys playing that? He, he had sent me a message earlier in the day asking if we were coming down. I said, yeah, we're going we're gonna to go down Sunday, but we're not going to go down until probably, you know, noon or one. He says, okay, well, I might see you there. And then it kind of became obvious that, you know, he was kind of waiting around on us, I think. <laughs> we got there, and he was like, I'm glad I ran into you, because I was just about done. <laughs> But um, so big props and thank you to Kirk for all of the wonderful photos that uh, <coughs> if you see the photos on Facebook and I'm in them, it means Kirk took that one. <laughs> so I, I appreciate that. I can't believe he, he said something after the fact. It was like, I can't believe we didn't think to get a photo together. And it was like, duh, what was I thinking? Why didn't we, we take a picture together? Um, and then I, uh, I saw Chris uh, from uh, the Kansas City Time Lord Society was there. So, yeah. Like I said, I just, I just, we just had a lot of fun. But there, there wasn't much as far as the dealer's room and all that kind of stuff. It was like, eh, you know, there's this. Eric Roberts was there. Walked right past him. <laughs> <laughs> I was tempted to go just to get an Eric Roberts just so I could have a ma- um, Eric Roberts master. You mean nemesis the of other. the show, Eric Roberts? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. We shall adopt. So say we all. So say we all. From this day forward, nemesis of the show, Eric Roberts. <laughs> Um, yeah, I didn't feel the need to stop and talk to him. <laughs> Maybe I'm petty. I don't know. A friend um, of mine I saw when he was there Friday, met him, <laughs> and said, I really liked you in Doctor Who the movie. And Eric Roberts just kind of smiled and nodded. <laughs> <laughs> that was all he got out of him. Eh, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. get back in there. <laughs> We're not going to whip that dead horse any longer. We're just going to let it rot. But, um, yeah, so we went to, to uh, Lance's panel, and he just kind of came up, and there was no moderator. There was no – it was just him, and he talked for a little bit and answered questions, and then uh, then it was over. He's like, okay. And uh, so we kind of got there, and, and Kirk looks at us and says, do you think, you know, maybe we can go get in line at his table? And then he kind of had his bag and, you know, his shades on, and it was just this – you got the sense that, no, he's leaving. He's done. He's going right from here to the airport. So we 
um, you know, stood around with a bunch of people. And he was very gracious and very friendly and, and took photos with people and, and still was signing things. And somebody tried to give him a little plush alien and he laughed and he says, I, I appreciate the offer so much. May I sign it for you and let you keep it? Because I don't have anything from my movies. I don't keep anything. I don't quite honestly, I don't <laughs> want anything. He says, it's, it's enough of a burden to try and get the lines out of my head after I do one. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, uh, so to unremember them. To, yeah, to unremember them. Okay. So, um, but um, yeah, so we got his autograph and got a couple of pictures with him, and he was just, a, you know, I've got one with him, and he's he's standing there like this, and he goes, "Oh crap!" and he takes his shades off or another. <laughs> he's just he's just cool, but I, so much of it is I can sit and listen to him read the phone book. He's got one of those voices that's you know beyond awesome. So and then we um, went and tried to hit Brits on the way home, and of course they close it. Five on Sundays, <laughs> which we didn't realize. We stopped for lunch on the way, which is what backed us up. We mm-hmm. had a Monte Cristo. Well, I had a Monte Cristo. Mel had some fish thing, but I, I had a Monte Cristo over at Cheddar's. So, mm. but best sandwich ever. Well, you remember the Monte Cristo? No, I've never had a Monte Cristo. Did you, did you ever go to Bennigan's? Well, I went to Bennigan's, but I never had a Monte Cristo. Okay, Cristo. okay. you know, you, you know what it is. So. Not a. Okay. Not a. The, the Monte Cristo <laughs> is. I thought I mentioned it. It's a club sandwich. It's got like turkey and melted cheese and ham and all kinds of stuff on it. But then it's battered like a um, funnel cake and fried, and then covered in powdered sugar, and served with a little raspberry. So, Oh, I man. can hear your arteries. Oh right yeah, <laughs> I expect to be dead tomorrow, but it was worth it <laughs> every step. It doesn't. Is it fried with lettuce on it, or is it no lettuce, no lettuce and tomato on the sandwich? No, nothing on the inside. Just the, okay. just the meat and the cheese. Because okay. most clubs have the, the lettuce and the tomato and everything. Yeah, on the that's inside of that's it. true. But yeah, no. I just wanted to clarify. So I don't know if I like the powdered sugar on top. I don't know. It is. It, wait, it does powder? have powdered. It does have powdered sugar. Oh. Yeah, it's it's a is sweet it, it's raspberry sweet? too, so it's kind of a sweet oh, tasting no, sandwich. That's, that's but there, wrong. there's something about it. Because when I first heard about it, I went, "You deep fried oh, a sandwich? What's wrong with you?" No, I I, I can understand but, deep frying a sandwich. Oh, I don't man. know if I understand deep frying a sandwich in a sweet batter. Yeah, no, it works. I, Make lunch, it a salty batter. My lunch meats and cheeses do not belong in a Danish. <laughs> no, I disagree. <laughs> I like my lunch meats hot. If that gets it done, then that gets it done. But yeah, I I, I wept when Bennigan's went away because it wasn't just our Bennigan's; it was all the Bennigan's. Yeah, all the Hushnuk everywhere. They all went. They were gone. And apparently, Cheddar's bought the recipe and moved it over to their mm-hmm. restaurant. Said, "We'll save that." Oh, <laughs> so uh, you could. It's still good for those people that like it. It's good. They, I didn't know that it was a it. restaurant specific. Yeah. I, well, I, I assume it was. I've I've only ever had them at Bennigan's prior to that. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. So you know. But no, 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 no Brits on the way home. And then we came over and saw you guys. Yeah. What an awesome minion. I saw Divergent. We watched it last night. Or not Divergent. Insurgent. Insurgent. Second oh, one in the, the Divergent sequel. series. Um, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, it it stays pretty true to the book. It it kind of it kind of clips the first part of the book and the last part of the book, but the middle piece is all there, and it takes out a lot of the unnecessary stuff. I thought, in fact, the way that they end the movie. I thought they did better than they did in the book, and I quite enjoyed Divergent or Insurgent much better than the book Divergent. And I think that even though it's gotten lesser reviews than Divergent, I think I even enjoyed Insurgent just a little more than Divergent. So it 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 takes the story in the direction it needs to go, and it it the movie actually clarified something that was a bit muddled in the book. I felt was muddled in the book, but uh, yeah, it's quite enjoyable. We really enjoyed. Well. 
like Holly and Caitlin and I watched it because we're doing that series together. So, so now you're ready Whatever. for the. Are they breaking the final film into two? <laughs> I meant to look that up because Holly asked about it, and I seem to remember that they weren't with the with the Divergent series. Whoa. But that, that don't hold me to that because as soon as I, I say it's only one a, film, it'll be two films. So. Say it isn't so, Joe. <clears throat> I wonder if they'll do a, a number four film or whatever. Because there was that anthology of short stories about that guy yeah, that came out post four. the trilogy. Four. Yeah, no, no, I don't think so. I don't wonder if they do to try to milk this series even they more. They might. It's, that's very Hollywood. But. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting the Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Yeah, true. <laughs> Not that I'm complaining. No, I'm, I'm excited about that. So, you know, I'm a Harry <laughs> but Potter. But of so. all the object or of all those books to turn post Harry Potter into a movie, that's not one I expected. Well, they're taking whatever literary work that's available to do it. So. Yeah. Warner Brothers wants to hold on to that uh, licensing oh, yeah. franchise. So, so I've been playing Lego Jurassic World, mm-hmm. and it dawned on me the other night: the Velociraptors. Are about a little bigger than the minifigs, not much, and they don't look like they're built. They're molded pieces of Lego. Well, we already established that last week that they do that with character size. Oh, I know, but yeah. because the I know you're trying to defend the Daleks. Yeah, I think it's a moot point. <laughs> it is because nothing I'm going to say is going to change it. But I, I feel like I have more evidence now yeah. with the Jurassic Park. Dinosaurs. Well, you, you you'd sold me when you were talking about the Hulk and the thing and. Uh, and those are a little bigger. Or not but Fantastic Four. In Marvel. So. Yeah. Just something about the size of the dinosaurs compared to the minifigs in the game were so comparable. That I think that, that... It made me think of it more so. The, the point that I still dwell on is the fact that when you've got a square, character... Square well, when you've got a character that you can build from the ground up, I mean, they're essentially robot casings. It makes more sense to make it a buildable design rather than a molded design, so... But you had pointed out the C-3PO yeah. issue, and I think I kind of... Or the R2 issue. Or that's what I meant, yeah. R2 issue, and I think I would kind of... I don't know, I just the thought had... I've been to that it. point. It's a really enjoyable game. Did you guys have this discussion at work? No. No, it was on the show a few weeks ago. We were talking about Lego Dimensions. It wasn't the dinosaur stuff, but yeah. the other... Oh, it was my complaint about why the Dalek... When we were talking about Doctor Who, why yeah, the Daleks didn't yeah, quite look like... It was complaint originally, yes, but uh, you just talked more of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think well, he mentioned it first on the podcast. I mentioned it first. Maybe off, you did because we talked about it off my head. See, that's why I was confused. Because <clears throat> if you guys have these discussions at work, I totally want to come work with you. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes we sometimes do. Sometimes we do. Yeah. Oh. In, between, in between writing stories, sometimes we get a chance to chat. <laughs> there's, there's no news. I didn't know how I would feel about playing as dinosaurs, but it's really enjoyable. <laughs> the thing about <laughs> Keith and I at work is he's so focused on the five when I have a little bit of downtime while I'm kind of stacking and yeah. getting into the flow of things. And then once he's done with his show and kind of in the point where he's in kind of maintenance at that point, that's when I'm fully involved in my show. And so, and then he does the nine and he's fully involved in that when I'm back bridging. So there's this, there's this whole crossover. We have these little, you have have these tiny little uh, windows in between those moments. And that's about it. You tend to have more to focus on on the 10 than I do the nine too. So I'm feeling about twice as much show. Yeah. Because my show is much shorter. You guys didn't do anything else fun you, this week? You also get so. to put up videos of bears playing in swimming pools. I used to be able to. Well, I did that for the five, but... And then you have to put up the tragic fire. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't put any videos up anymore, thankfully. I don't have to do that anymore. Well, shall we move on to news? Some 
not so good news for Doctor Who as far as Hugo's. Uh, the Hugo's were very recently, and listen, <laughs> lost to Orphan Buck. I'm sorry, the Hugo's were very recently. <laughs> they were last night. They, okay, I didn't know when yeah, they were. Yeah, last night. I just know. Oh, sorry, I just saw this today. I, I'm sorry. I made the news list. I think today, and I, I, I probably should be leading the charge on this. I mean, I, I suppose, I didn't know it's, I suppose it it's all relative, depending on when our listeners are listening to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> relatively recently, uh, the twenty. 20- Second, I believe, is when they were handed out last Saturday, the twenty second. Today's the twenty third, right? Well, now it's the twenty fourth, but yes. Sunday was the twenty third. Yeah, yeah. They they handed out the Hugos last night, and um, there's a huge kerfuffle over the Hugos, and I'm not going to go into it because it's very convoluted, and it, apparently it's been going on for the last several years. But anyway, it seems to be, despite the kerfuffle, and if you follow the Hugos, you know what it is. But if despite despite the kerfuffle, there is luckily very little ballot padding in the entertainment categories such as uh the films and the tv shows so it seems like this was one particular category that wasn't tainted by some of the darkness that's been hanging over the hugos over the few years and so i'm actually very at least on the on the on the book end it's kind of the book end is where it's very everybody picks their their favorite and they'll get together and talk about it ahead of time that's the the problem well uh, the the cliff notes of it is is that there was a group of, of people, internet people, trolls, you can call them, years ago, like several years back, that decided that only intellectual, um, deep, meaningful stuff was getting picked and the fun, action-y stuff wasn't. And so they decided, because it, it's very easy to nominate films for Hugos, because all you have to do is be a, you have to sign up for the world science fiction organization or something like that in order to be a contributing member. Mm. Anyway, they, they've some guys have started Twitter and Facebook sites that basically kind of drive nominations. And so they're padding the ballot box. Anyway, that's the short version of it. There's IO nine had a very good article on it today. In fact, they had a, they had a link to a primer and a lot of great information if you're interested, but IO nine did point out that the categories that, don't seem to be affected by those are the media, which mm-hmm. is fortunate. Unfortunately, the category of podcast from the dynamic that they, this, this is Dr. Who related. Uh, the, the category of podcast is also affected by this uh, ballot padding and Verity probably had this not occurred. Verity probably would have made the nomination list, but they or or possibly even higher in the, in the votes, but uh, they got pushed off the nomination list, unfortunately. That's too bad. They, they completely deserve a nomination. Oh, yeah. It's a phenomenal podcast. You know who won? Um, I can't remember. I looked at the category list today, and I can't remember who it was. I sure don't. Oh, well. Um, but, yeah, so there's that. So And, and I, I think I wanted to point out that Orphan Black's doing very well. There's a lot of people that like Orphan Black. It's and a while really as a series. Doctor Who fan, I'm sad that, listen, did not win in that category. Uh, it looks like it garnered the second amount of votes, and Orphan, Orphan Black apparently is uh, very good. It, it, it even encourages me to go on and, oh. and try to get, what is it, three? It's in the third season? Yeah, it's in the third season. Yeah, get some yeah. Orphan Black in. It's, uh, it's once I get DVD back, season one DVD back, you're welcome to borrow it. It's one of those things that quite realistically, if Doctor Who's going to lose to something... Lose to something that's... Or or, or Orphan Black is a... Because it's also been so good for so long and not been recognized. And now, finally, in its third season, it's getting the recognition. Finally getting an Emmy nomination, etc. But the other shows it's up against were also pretty, like, 
pretty high standard in my opinion. Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. the Mountain and the Viper episode. That was an impressive episode. And then the Flash pilot, too. Yeah. Yeah. Which, that's... All of these episodes are some solid television. I don't remember which Grimm episode this is. But it's Grimm. So it's kind of <laughs> nice that it's nominated. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, this is just a note. Uh, because we have not reviewed this yet. But this is something that we plan to do, I believe, in the future. Um, but today... Well, now it's the 24th, but <laughs> at typing the news up, today, August 23rd, is the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who and the Daleks, which is the Peter Cushing film. And uh, that's alternate, alternate universe Doctor Who, but that's something that we'll cover at one point. Maybe we point. can get it on I thought it was, the 51st anniversary. Yeah, I thought it was certainly <laughs> Martha would mention. And I, honestly, when I saw this, I thought, oh, well, this might have played in better to something to review. It would this been on our radar, but this was kind of off of everybody's radar. Well, today, the problem so. is it's so... At least here in the states, it's difficult to come by legitimate copies of. Well, we don't. We do that for Friday Night Who. We try. Right, we but, we yeah, try our hardest, but I, I I think I don't think we ever. When you got those Blu-rays, did yeah, you I got the Blu-rays Amazon. from Amazon, but and they were legit those, uh, DVDs, DVDs, oh, DVDs yeah. yeah. But aren't those uh, a different region? Or did you? No, have to, did they're you region. Have to do they're region one. It's a it's a it's a deal that Amazon actually has where they are allowed to produce. The film as a collection ah. with the blessing of uh, who produced those. CBS Fox, I think, in the United States has the rights. Anyway, they have the blessing to produce and sell that, but it's it's on a order-by-order order basis. So that's how I managed to get copies of them. But I think you can still do that on Amazon. That was two or three years ago, I think, that I bought mine. Yeah. But the quality is... So, but we we have never hogtied ourselves to oh, no, reviewing no, 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 no. reviewing anything on this show that's not widely available. No. I think only the only thing we focus on is Doctor Who. So I, I think that's in, in, that would in, be an error. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I didn't mean it necessarily. We picked up VHS copies of stuff. <laughs> right. Yes. No. I, I swear. In, in my head canon, I, I I tend my head scheduler. I guess I'll say that I tend to try and do things to make it easier for people to follow along if they want, as opposed send, to just, so they can send in feedback. So they can send in feedback and and and, and you know be more of a communal part of the well, show. Stop doing that. But there's, <laughs> you're, you're, correct, there's you're pigeonholing us. There's absolutely nothing to hold us to. Yeah. Well, the 50th anniversary of Dalek's invasion of Earth 2150 AD will, will be, be two years from now, right? No, August of next year. Oh, it's next year. So they came sixty six. They came simultaneously. Oh. So maybe we can get both of those in next year. There we go. Well, well there you go. To that. We'll put it on the schedule now. Well, well, everybody, go get your copies from Amazon. And have you watched them yet? I have, the, oh, I've seen them. I've seen I mean, them several times. Well, and that's the thing is, it, they've been widely available on VHS for years. Yeah. Um, I used to own, in the library, our library has uh, a couple copies. Yeah, of and I've, I've checked them out the, the library. I checked them out same time at the library that I checked out Dalek Mania, which was a uh, documentary that was done ten years ago, six years ago, somewhere, somewhere in that era of uh, about the story. And I th- actually, I think Dalek Mania is available. It used to be on Netflix. I think, I think it it's. Off. I think it's even available now, free to download. Oh, a digital copy somewhere. I saw it, and it was it was a region free, dollar free. You you could nice. just download it and watch it. So. Um. Anyway, so I thought it was worth mentioning that oh, being yeah. the fiftieth anniversary. And I look forward to seeing it. It, it has been, it has connection to so. Well, yeah, Bernard Cribbins. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, it's more so than that, but it's a Terry Nation script. <laughs> um, but the next bit of news was if 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 anybody didn't notice, we series nine is you know ramping up. Obviously, we're about a month away, a little less than a month away, right? Yeah. Yeah. Less and than a month. so uh, the BBC did put out some. 
uh, new series nine images that were released, and uh, they're not. I didn't think they were anything too splendid, except for they had some very interesting um, costuming that I don't think we've seen the ninth or the twelfth uh, Doctor in before. Yeah, I like so, his velvet coat. Got velvet suede coat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> have a red velvet, and that was kind of cool. I don't like the hoodie. Yeah, you said that in something. I, I posted it on our Is Facebook it page. Was? Yeah, and it's man. I mean, it's, it's just, just casual outfit. In my I opinion. like it because I don't think we've had enough casual. I mean, I think the most casual we had was uh, well, besides trainers, we've had Chris Eccleston obviously yeah, wore the, 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 the t-shirt, leather the jacket, with t-shirt, the jumper, and, yeah. and, and, so, um, which I didn't like that either when it first came on. I think so. what I like <laughs> it doesn't feel. Like it didn't feel very Doctor Who at first. Well, it's not even that it doesn't feel. I mean, I. Matt Smith talked a little bit about his costuming when he said, you know, they they had him in this. They wanted to put him in some sort of pirate thing with a big, you know, flowing shirt, and he just said it felt like somebody dressing the Doctor versus what the Doctor would wear. And I've kind of t- thought about that a lot since then. It's like, you know, I, I, I I'm a t-shirt and jeans guy. That's what I get up, and you know, or, or shorts even to be more in Kansas. So I can't necessarily fault the Doctor for thinking. V-neck shirt, leather jacket. That's what I'm going with today. You know, it's, yeah. I, I can't fault him for that. But at the same time, it just seems not his style. I see. I think it's very in character with Peter Capaldi, the style that he's portraying the Doctor in. So I think and it's I very agree. Well, and, and the fact that it's kind of been a progression throughout the season. He started with the nice lines and the white shirts, and then slowly worked his way to the hoodie. Well, it's kind of been a gradual thing. Of he's become a little uh, more lax and a bit more. Not lazy, not sloppy, but kind of just more, I don't really care anymore. Well, yes and no, because I, I think when you when you look at Capaldi's Doctor, he's got different, He's he's got, certainly it feels like the most outfits of any Doctor that we've had on TV. Most variations. With, with variations. variations. Probably close second to Pertwee. But they've all been, yeah. like Pertwee's, they've kind of all been of a upper tier, you know what I mean? Like, he could still go out to eat at a really swanky restaurant in whatever he was wearing. The sparkly hoodie, <laughs> just, I I look at it and I go, mm, who dressed you today? <laughs> because, and what's really strange, is, not it's laundry. Well, it is. There's, there's a, the one he wore at Christmas had, had, had sparkles on. And it's I, laundry, it's day, laundry day, it must be. That's the only thing I can come up with. <laughs> But what's really strange to me is that when, when you look at the, the, all of the stuff, every interview I've ever seen him in, every, every photo that's been snapped of him, whether he's been as the doctor or just, hey, here's Peter Capaldi doing something out and about on the streets of London, he's always dressed impeccably. And I kind of get this. You didn't see the Comic-Con panel then, apparently. No, I didn't see that. <laughs> it's very T-shirt and hoodie. <laughs> yeah. But he just he he strikes me as kind of I don't know, maybe a bit of a clothes horse that he's got a really big closet at home I think that he what likes it does to pull from different is, I think it's a bit meta because I mean Peter Capaldi started as a a punk band in a punk band I mean it's it's very much his style and I think Peter Capaldi has taken on several images through media through the years and I think this is one way to incorporate that into his Doctor as well I think is what I I'm impressed most about it. What I like the most about it is it gives a different flavor to the Doctor each show, each week. Yeah, that's true. And that's one of the things that I like about Pertwee's Doctor is that while he still quite frequently wore the frilly shirts and the velvet jackets, there was was a color change, there was a style change, there was a a lining change. There was something quite different frequently with his outfit. And I, I like the fact that 
hey, the doctor does change clothes every day. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to, you know, we got so, you know, Tom Baker's varied a little bit in, in form as far as the bohemian look and then kind of landed on the maroon that we were that he just always wore yeah. and then we went through peter davison who wore the same thing practically all the time we we went through colin baker who we had to have that i mean we had some variation on the undergarment or the, the undergarments the under the clothes under the, the coat but the, yeah. Yeah. yeah but we always had the jacket and then well, even going back to like hartnell and pertwee they their costumes were pretty consistent most of the time from the episodes I've seen. Hartnell. Yeah, I'm sorry. You said uh, Hartnell and I had Pertwee in my head. I yeah, said Pertwee. Uh, Hartnell and Trout. Trout. Hartnell yeah. Trout. Yeah. Yeah. I knew where you were going. Or that's <laughs> what I meant. You said you said <laughs> Pertwee said, yeah. and I had Trout in my head. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I, just, I don't know. I, I, I think that's more realistic to me. That, yeah, that somebody right. would change clothes. And I'm not a big fan of the sparkly hoodie, but I do kind of like the open hoodie with a white t-shirt image that they did. I, I don't know why, but that just feels like a very doctor outfit. Still. I don't know. I guess it's just... Even it, though it's still the hoodie there, but I just like the way it's uh, presented. I'm just going to chalk it up to the Ziggy Stardust phase of his, of his <laughs> particular regeneration that he's got, you know. And I, I, I think the other pictures aren't, aren't as telling, but the one that I that, that kind of struck me, and I don't know why, is there's a there's a picture of Kate Stewart, mm-hmm. and she's she looks very tired in this picture. Like worn, like she looks she's weary. just yeah weary. That's the word, and it's just it, it, I don't know. There's something about it. I mean, she's still a striking woman, but she just she looks like she's been through a lot. I wonder if that'll be a plot element. Yeah, plot element of. Well, she's also dressed very um, not. Um, well, she's very casual. Casual, she's yeah. Because we, we we've always seen Kate shirt, in, in you know down with a. Yeah. Work attire. She looks very business of, and not here. This looks yeah. like, you know. A pantsuit this time. Yeah. <laughs> so so there's those. And then I don't know if uh, Keith had caught this, but speaking of series. I had not seen Nine. Um, I checked the other day, and Doctor Who cinema event, Doctor or uh, De- uh, Dark Water and Death in Heaven 3D, has been added to our Regal Cinema <laughs> Theater, finally. So Yay! you can buy tickets in Topeka. So that being said, if you checked the site weeks ago to see if it was playing at a theater in a year and it wasn't, I suggest rechecking to make sure because they, they apparently are, are adding shows. And I had seen that... They are actually uh, airing in Russia now, which was one of the yeah. countries that wasn't getting it, is now getting it. So for our Russian listeners, you have some opportunities now to see it in your region as well. Yay! I might actually get to go see it. I just, I, I just had a realization. Sorry. <laughs> well, because they have two showings each day, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you'll be able to see it after work. After I get back up. Oh, wait a minute. That's right, because you'll be on. Day I'm going to be on. Mor- right. I'm going to be on morning shift morning. that time. So. And then, last but not least, this feels weird doing all the news, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> it's Leth- kind of nice. It's like the break of the voice. Uh, there is an update. The Lethbridge Nooks Lethbridge Stewart book uh, by Candy Jar Publishing that we have been reviewing. We reviewed the first one, which was Forgotten Sun which, again, we, we quite enjoyed. The next book, The Schizoid Earth, has been delayed for release until September 25th. Ooh. And, uh, well, the, <laughs> the website, we, we can't be too selfish here because the website did say Candy Jar Books had this up. And, in fact, thanks to uh, Andy Franklin Allen for giving us heads up on this on uh, Facebook. Uh, it said, un- 
Unforeseen circumstances have led to the delay in publishing the second in the series, The Schizoid Earth, by author David A. McKinty. He explained, I'm sorry, nobody's had a chance to read the book yet. I had hoped to be able to finish it earlier than originally planned so that it could be bought, brought forward somewhat. A family bereavement has negated that hope. My mother-in-law died a few weeks ago, leading to all the irritating practical bureaucracy interruptions you might imagine. The book, however, is nearly finished and will be coming very soon. And then Haley Cox, the publishing coordinator at Candy Jar Books, followed that up by saying, we are determined not to let this setback affect the rest of the year's releases, and we are committed to getting four titles out by the end of 2015, as originally intended. Well, that's good. So they are working on it, and they're working through what is a tragic situation for the author, um, but very grateful for his his uh, humble explanation and, and letting us know, you know, where where they are. So I think that speaks mounds to the author and Candy Jar Books, who you know are, are very forthcoming with, hey, you know, we've experienced yeah. a, a situation here, and they've been very, you know, forthwith with what happened and what the circumstances are. So we certainly appreciate that. And certainly our condolences go out to, yeah, uh, to the author and his family. Sorry to hear that. All right. And this is going to be, next piece is a little bit of news. And it's going to fit into our legacy, Doctor Who legacy tip of the week. We don't have a tip this week, <laughs> except for if you haven't already done it, go out and download Doctor Who Legacy 3.0, released on Thursday. So, um,. It is there. Has everybody had a chance to play a little bit of a it? A little bit, yeah. Just a little bit. I, I have not purchased the Sonic or the Kids areas, but I've played the Trials. I did too, because unfortunately the iOS, until I just noticed there's a note out tonight saying that it is now available to purchase, <laughs> I have been unable to unlock the premium areas of both sites, which I had my money out in my hand going, take my money, take my money. <laughs> but unfortunately a glitch was uh, keeping me from doing so, but I did too, was able to play the trial versions of each of those. So How far do you get to go in the trial? Do you know? Um, I, only, I only played a couple levels of each. Five levels of four or five levels of the premium Sonic game, and I want to say six to seven levels of the children's oh, area, okay. kids area. So I did get uh, the tenth, eleventh Doctor costume dropped for me. The kids in the trial version, yeah, yeah. yeah. the cartoony one. Yeah, I like the. I really like the cartoon design. I, do too. I think it's fun. Yeah. I suppose this just in recently released now is three point oh point two yeah. for for iOS. So it is it is out there now. Which I should fire mine up so I can get it downloaded. So the um, so the items that you can collect are in the Sonic Adventures, right? Yes. Uh-huh. So so you can atta- you can in fact you can get yes and no in the, no. the, in, the well, in the free version you can pick you can up ne- the doc, uh, doctor. <laughs> Captain Jack's um, sonic laser, sonic gun, and you can pick up the second Doctor's sonic screwdriver, but I think those are the only droppable items for those that haven't purchased the uh, premium, uh, the actual pay levels. The kids' area um, will Our only costumes. Are, are, are costume? Well, I mean, but they're the, the kid art versions yeah. of uh, companions and different things like that. And apparently will drop, so you can give them to the kids and let them play, and they can collect things for you because it still goes into the communal pot yes, of everything does. that yeah. you yeah. you know have, have unlocked. So I wasn't sure if 
any gadgets would be coming in the main storyline too. Yeah. Oh, in the main storyline, I do yeah. that. I don't know if they're adding okay. gadgets to the main storyline. Nothing has been updated yet in the main story. I think we're way, we're they're holding off for a month to do anything there because they'll be releasing the week by week. I did read in the release that they are still continuing with some more chapter two material or chapter four material. Oh, okay. But um, I think their focus right now is the 3.0 update with the premiums uh, materials and the release of the week-by-week, episode-by-episode content for Series 9. And they also up the rank the Doctors can go now, right? They they up the rank they can go, I believe. That was the impression that they gave in the release. Yeah, Yeah, so the Doctors can actually go up one one level, but the Companions can go up to level 60 now, I believe it is. Or is it even higher than that? Yeah, I I think 60, 6 stars. What do you guys think of the new uh, gameplay stuff? I like the it. Cracks I like the and cracks the bombs. were cool. I haven't encountered any bombs. The yet. bombs are tough. I mean, they're not tough because actually, I thought they were going to be more dire than they actually are. Because I thought if I didn't clear them out, that was going to wreck my board. Oh. It just it just it just explodes the gems that are there if you don't get the bomb removed in time, and does then send damage to your team. So your oh, health okay. bar will go down if you get damage from those bombs but it's not devastating enough that it it's a, a game terminator or anything oh, which good. i was grateful for yeah. because there was one or two times that i didn't get the bomb timed out it, it timed out before i was able to clear it um so i like that mechanic i think that's a wonderful idea and i think it's going to make a, things a lot more challenging in some of the some of the levels and, and i appreciate that so much the problem that i'm having and this is sh- sorely because i haven't updated my Device bought a new device. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's it is so processor intense that it's very Mine sluggish seems to on be my. A little bit it's slug- very oh. sluggish on my Apple iPod or iPad two because I have a very old iPad. I, I've noticed however, some lag on my phone. Too, however, though, I'm hoping to rectify that in a week or two when we get our iPhone sixes. Which unfortunately, I have 32 time crystals <laughs> on my iPad that will <laughs> not transfer when I start you know moving them over. So. I like the consolidation of the team and the TARDIS stuff now. That's really I do, nice. too. It's a lot easier to navigate between, well, within that one, that one section. Yeah, anyway. the one menu. I have one complaint about that is why was this listed as team? This should have been TARDIS, and then the team should have been in the TARDIS. Inside the TARDIS, yeah. yeah. I mean, right? But no, I have to click in the team to then go into the target. <laughs> That's yeah. a very think, small thing. I think, because, I think because, well, I disagree because I think these are all team attributes. TARDIS is where they are located. So this is where your characters are located. They're all inside the TARDIS right now. Oh, I got back. Um, and perks are attributed, or an attribute, or attributed. <laughs> here's a sluggish too. And perks and uh, lining your teams up are attributes of the TARDIS. But the I, w- I would do TARDIS, all that so. in the console room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go outside. I disagree. I like the way they team. do it. They can shoot at me outside. I just... just Oh, it's just a matter of a word. Yeah. So it's That's all I'm complaining about. I have no yeah. complaints. I, I like the, the new interface. I think it looks well, good. I like the new background that they've added. Yeah. It's pretty. Yeah, it is very pretty. Um, but you organize your teams from that. <laughs> That's what my point is. You organize your team from there. You don't organize the TARDIS from there. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Did they add gyms? I was checking. I didn't, I didn't go in that far. Doesn't oh, look like it. Either. What is colorblind? Does anybody know what that one is? Huh. 
You can't see the color? I don't know. I haven't played with those. I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of afraid to bother is, with the that. The 12th is new, isn't, too, isn't it? Is it? Because I've been playing with that one. <laughs> oh, okay. Then I just didn't know about it. There's a Cyberman one, though. I've, I've been playing with that one. That's what I have set. Um, I'm going to try colorblind real quick. Okay. You let, let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> Kids area? <laughs> oh, <laughs> cheaters tactics. <laughs> No, I'm uh, I'm kind of uh, excited. Of course, I'm, you know, I guess if we needed a tip, it's once again make sure you log in because I went to log in last night because Mel's been on me about make sure you log in, make sure you log in because literally like for the last I don't know three times I've oh. gotten the red and I've gotten the blue and then I've gotten the green and then I didn't log in in time so I've missed out on my pink and my crystals and it happened again and it happened again so three in a row so we went and rushed and hurried to log in after all the. Uh, the, the movie watching and stuff that was going on, and it was in the process of updating because it was like, oh, 3.0 is out. And I'm like, no, don't do it now because it's like, you know, 2.58 or something, and I need to click over before, and I missed it. So it like, looks like the... Um, but I still can't seem to download the new content, or uh, oh, unlock the areas. Maybe I should reset my cache. Looks like the colorblind just randomly chooses your gems when you load the game. So each color is its own different. Oh, okay. Theme. So a, di- a different design. So you've got. Some I don't know Cybermen. if it's different oh. every level, but yeah, my blue are snowflakes. The reds are the normal. Uh, blacks are the roundels, and then orange, or yellow are cyber. Okay, so then colorblind. That makes sense for somebody who is colorblind and has a difficulty differentiating between colors of gems. Would be able to look at the different patterns and yeah. match up symbols. Yeah. Okay. That's what it is then. That's cool. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Good on you. Good Dr. job, Legacy. Legacy. But, uh, so yeah, it's out and available and ready to play. And we I, can expect more uh, new fan area levels, new expert levels, new challenge levels, more expansions, new titan levels, big finish levels. And the next installment of Bigger on the Inside is still coming. As, along with Season 9 content. So, who legacy does not stop with 3.0? And that's your Doctor Who legacy. Tip of the week. Moving on. No feedback this week. Review. That's too bad. I had a song all set and ready to go. There was no feedback. Oh. We're, uh, as, as mentioned last week, we are going to start... He or, Don't feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to do the comic every week, and we decided to start this week with the comic. Wait, we're what? Starting with the comic. Did we agree to do Issue that? Two. Yep, we did. Glenn, did you know about this? I did. <laughs> In fact, I think I decided. He posed a question. I made the executive decision. Was decided. What do you guys think of issue two? Yay! There's a lot of great banter in it. There's a lot. There's of a gl- that, that, that's what I liked about it. Is there's a lot of funny. There's a lot of banter. Um, I, I, I story wise, it just I still feel like it's not going anywhere. And I understand that it's a five issue arc, but I really burn. wanted. Yeah, I wanted, wanted more action. I wanted more to happen. And I understand. I mean, the the, the Reaver chase the Reaver. The Reaper's chase is really, really good, and and makes it even funnier because of the fact that we're on top of <laughs> they're on top of the Eleventh Doctor, who's you know having the outer monologue <laughs> as he goes, which is very Eleventh Doctor, yeah. and and 
kudos to Paul Cornell for the writing on this because it is it's compelling and interesting. I do like that. Uh, that <laughs> I was a little skittish as, as Sean knew when I flipped open the first page here with the uh, Gabby illustrations that she's uh, been wanting to do in some of the past issues that we've had. But I love the fact that she had imagined the Doctor with the same face but with very different like age styles. And in and fact, the, one the first looks like one Bertwee. looks like. Well, the first one actually looks like um, Cushing. Back. It looks okay, like Peter I can Cushing. See, I can see that. I in can fact, see there, and there's a reference to it later. Oh, okay. Where, well, there, I think it validates it because there's a reference to it. Uh, the the one from the other dimension. I can't remember how it's stated. I thought it was on that page there, down there at the bottom. Uh, in the bubbles. What? Oh, this one, yes. The original universe. Original yeah, universe. original universe. See, he one. looks more like Cushing here. Here, I think yeah. he looks like Dick Van Dyke. Well, there a little he bit, yeah. Looks like but it, yeah, he, right. when he even makes the mention of original universe, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. Good on you, Paul Cornell. He just keeps the doctor's voice is so distinct and separate. It's just mm -hmm. impressive to me. Even when they're talking in tandem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the tone shifts from one bubble to the other. And it's, it's, it's one like, thing to write a, a, an audio, a TV or an audio story where you have the actors putting their, their individual stamps on yep. it. But to put it in print form and get the characterizations right... Well, and it's it's funny because until I read the, the the opening panel where Gabby was spelling it out, and then in some cases quite literally drawing it out, I realized that that's kind of how I've always envisioned—not necessarily versions of the same person, just with slightly different visages. But I think that's kind of secretly how I always wanted a multi-doctor story to go: is that they're going to team up and it's going to be awesome. And that the five doctors the was kind of a key. you know an anomaly. And because they're really going to, uh, you know, be the best of friends. Because they're all you. And it should work that way. And they're not. They're always bickering. They're mm -hmm. always arguing with each other. And that has come to become, you know, part of the fun of a well, multi Even as far back story. as the three doctors. I mean, oh, yeah. you, you, yeah. you had um, two and three who just would not get along. Yeah. And it was always the voice of reason of one coming from the him being trapped in the little time bubble thing uh, that, you know, that would have to straighten them out and <laughs> kind of chide them a bit as children and say, hey, <laughs> straighten up. I love how once got they a job to get do. into the TARDIS and they're in up 12s <laughs> and Tim declares, the master's TARDIS. I should have known you then. <laughs> hey, pal, this is mine. This is mine. And then, of course, Tim, when we get to 11s, gets the, I don't like it. <laughs> You've redecorated. I don't like it. This from the guy who just. Uh, <laughs> this from the guy who kept the previous. Kept the previous. <laughs> <laughs> so much great dialogue. And the there, there's some of it that felt almost had this been a TV story, would have felt like per, uh, Capaldi was. Almost breaking the fourth wall and talking as a person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> About a bit how of a, a bit, a bit more running down yeah. corridors. To be honest, I wouldn't miss it. Yeah, <clears throat> it was a bit meta. Yeah, I, I love how the uh, we even get the because they're in Paris. You know, if you'll pardon my French, allons-y, <laughs> as they run into the TARDIS, and then um, uh, go to the next it, page the next because page? then it's on the gangway there where he talks just before the gangway where he talks about and, 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 it and actually translates Capaldi says now let's go 
Or you could leave that untranslated if you want to show how much in control of the translation matrix you are. <laughs> yeah, so much win there. It's fun. It, they really but I, unfortunately, I agree with you. There's there, There's been a great deal of running about and some fantastic dialogue and a, a little bit of action. But nothing's really happening. <laughs> Although, that... I think I think we've now got the setup to get into the meat of the story. Well, fortunately, fortunately, by the end of this, when we arrive on Marinus and we're forced into the uh, picture situation, I love. I also, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. The fact that Eleven says, "I think I might actually win a least silly doctor contest." <laughs> Weirdly, yeah. <laughs> that you know, we've got Ted and Gabby, and they're working, and we've got Twelve and Clara, and they're working. And Eleven and Alice are having a cup of tea <laughs> discussing his popularity. No, I'm sorry, Keith. I'm not making fun of no, you, I Doctor. Thought, I, I, when I read this, I, uh, Sarah was laying on the couch, just kind of dozing, and I started laughing when I got to that part. <laughs> and she was like, what? What are you laughing at? So I had to explain it to her. And even not having read this, she was like, oh, yeah, that's really funny because he's the silliest. It's part of why I like him, Sean. He's silly. <laughs> Might not actually be the silliest. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so but we, we get to the end, and um, there's nefarious beings at work doing nefarious things, and we force the doctors into the pose with the photo, and then suddenly a big reveal on the very last page with a, ooh, look at that. Back to the prologue of the first issue, essentially. Well... Tiny Rebel Games and Doctor Who Legacy, if you're listening, I still cannot get in. I've even refreshed my cache and re-downloaded everything, and I still cannot get mm-hmm. content unlocked. Odd. We'll have to work with it later. We'll talk to support. So, um... What I'm looking forward to see where the story goes. <laughs> what do you think of this reveal? I think the board looks incredible. Yeah. Man, that what looks a cool, cool way to re-envision them. The ultimate conquest of the board. <laughs> and I, I, I once again am struck with how awesome Doctor Who comics in general are. When we go back to uh, last year's multi-doctor story with uh, with IDW and the fact that the first Doctor they brought back the, um, the Zarbi. Yeah, yeah, the Zarbi. Yeah. And we went, what? Because this is, <laughs> this is not a villain you expect to see. And then all of a sudden here they are. And, you know... Oh, we've had quarks show up, and we've had all these <laughs> all these great things from the past. And well, the so, beautiful, beautiful thing is you can do as well you can TV realize either. them in comic form yeah. because it's it's all up to the artist's interpretation, and you can borrow from the the design of the original series, but you can improve upon it within you know more the story. So than you ever and, could and, on yeah, television. exactly, and actually make them look like giant ants rather than people walking with giant ants on their backs. <laughs> Part of me, and I hope that it gets. Explored and resolved of the fact that the doctors don't know, don't recognize the name Marinus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my left brain of the doctor should remember everything. Uh, <laughs> screaming out that he isn't recognizing it, but I'm letting it slide because issue well, they, two. They, they, they have a vague. Re- they have a vague recollection. Yeah. Now, so, so the fact that there's vague and at twelve, I could totally see not remembering it because he. Couldn't he didn't remember the clockwork droids? So the fact that he would forget something from his past incarnations, I can buy. Mm-hmm. Eleven and ten, 
or yeah, let me you're just saying because there's precedent for it. Yeah, oh. it's also in a the matter comics. too. I mean, I, I think we're kind of we we get used to our doctor knowing everything about everything when he lands on a planet, steps out, and says, "Well, this is blah blah blah, and these are the people of the such and such, and we're going to have this adventure because that's what they do here." And so we get so used to him reciting chapter and verse and stuff and like that. And it's it's almost odd when it's something we're familiar with from his past, and he doesn't remember <laughs> and, and he doesn't remember it. But then even um, you know Matt Smith and uh, the. the when he when he gets the first grade intelligence card, and he's GI, and it's like, nope. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's know? true. So and- well, even even when fans are being served with fan service, I you know there's always those name drops, and and the, the fans go, hey, you know about that, but right. you know, it has nothing to do with the story. It's yeah. just a, it's a name drop. So so maybe it's one of those things that it's just yeah he is. Well, I think clearly 25. whatever's think, happening really here is, is a reason and why he, the they fact cannot that remember. It's whatever's happening based on the prologue of the first issue with yes. the war doctor. Right. I suspect it's a time build, lock, something yeah. or another. But. And the fact that oh, they blocked so much of the war doctors from their memory uh, leads to believe that. It's not like Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan uh, claiming never not to remember owning any droids. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, because he didn't own them. <laughs> okay, I won't say it. <laughs> you were going to state everything that fandom says about that scene. Yep. He never owned a droid. It's only justifiable because borrowed Lucas a, didn't have... The, <laughs> borrowed a few, but he never owned a droid. <laughs> Lucas didn't have the, the details of the... Or the uh, Prequels. I think, I think it's far more likely that Obi Wan simply playing his cards close to his vest again. Oh, yeah. I think you can rationalize. Probably it. lying to Luke again <laughs> because he's awesome. Well, that's how we rationalize it again. Oh, that's a cool cover. <laughs> yeah, great. More happy drawings. Happy drawings on the cover. Little little doodles. So, yes, uh, Titan Comics, uh, please keep up the good work because I'm thoroughly enjoying this. And uh, More Big Finish advertisement on the back. More Big Finish bag advertisement on the back. And I love the color. It's really yeah. a, a... I like the color, but I don't know if I like the art as much in this one. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's the same artist, so I'm not sure what the difference is. It was Neil Airwood on the first one, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Just some of the stuff doesn't quite look as good, in my opinion. I don't know why. I think his backgrounds, his backgrounds, the TARDIS, yeah. the control room, yeah. the, the streets. Everything's very clean and crisp. It's Everything the faces is fantastic. That are just not the, as the facial expressions are a little and bit. And he did not such a good quiet. job in the first one. I thought, aside from that one, Clara Gabby panel. Uh, you kept getting confused between Clara and Gabby. Yeah. Other, uh, other than that, I thought the faces were great, and this one I'm just not as impressed by him. I did Maybe not, I'm just getting more used to his style. I did not notice the difference. I'm probably wrong. There probably isn't. I, I, there may be. I don't know. I just didn't notice. All right. Well, should we move on to our audio reviews? Medicinal purposes. I'll let you take over now. <laughs> back, back to your own duties. I'm not going to read the, the synopsis from you. Edinburgh, 1827. Body snatchers William Burke and William Hare are on the loose while the Sixth Doctor and Evelyn take an interest in the work of Ro- Dr. Robert Knox. Ooh, that is a short one. <laughs> <laughs> Meh. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. It was enjoyable. It was an interesting story. Yeah. It wasn't great by any means, but it was interesting. It, it's one that I was really excited by it at first. And the fact that it might be just a pure historical with something going on with Birkenhair. And then the 
then they added in the science stuff. I was like, oh, it's kind of a missed opportunity, I thought. That it could have been just a great historical story. How they would have stretched it for four parts in two hours, I don't know. Now, is that what, what you meant when you were as, you were talking about the left turn it took before I yeah, had started the, listening the twist. to it? Yeah, oh, okay. the, the big reveal. Because I was trying to figure out what that was, but I suppose that... It was when the when his house disappeared as a tart, like a TARDIS. I was like, "Oh, he's a Time Lord," and he ended up not being because I hadn't gotten that far in it. But by the time I mentioned that, we were led to believe he was. Yeah. Okay. I thought the left turn might have been um, what did I think at the time? I listened to this last week, so it's it's not as fresh in my memory. I think I thought the left turn was when. The other, the other guy. They, they nobody acted like they didn't know the other oh, guy. Oh, they didn't remember. Uh, yeah, Burke. Burke. Yes, thank you. And then suddenly everybody does, but which I thought was strange. Although that's explained. But at the time, I thought, yeah. well, this is weird. It's it's not like they were being subver- subversive about it, but it was like it just was. I almost thought something was wrong with my audio because <clears throat> it was so familiar to the beginning. And just slightly different. Yeah. And then yeah. I was like, wait, is this right? Is there something wrong here? With yeah. <laughs> it, it was different. It takes quite a change there. I, I found this one rather enjoyable and mostly um, because of Jamie. I thought Jamie was such an, a, a, a great character and so... Well, and the actor's he did, portrayal yeah. was wonderful. He did such a good job portraying him. And I don't know much about the Burke and Hare story. I know they were yeah. body snatchers. Uh, and there's that movie on Netflix starring Andy Serkis and uh, Simon Pegg, which mm-hmm. I haven't watched yet. Now I want two more. Um, does, because, it make, does it make me a bad person if I take this moment to admit that when they went into the, ah, and the doctor's going all about the Burke and Hare, body snatchers in the night, come on, Evelyn, surely you've got to know this. And I had that sinking feeling of, this is something that actually happened, and I have no recollection oh. <laughs> or memory of this. There was something else that we I probably should bone up because I don't know. Recently, <laughs> that mentioned Birkin hair, but I can't remember what it was, and that's how I was aware of it. Oh, really? Yeah. So everything you know about Birkin hair still came from Doctor <laughs> Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> Maybe that's where I had I I, I knew of Birkin hair from years back because I knew the the. I, I don't think it was as recent that I learned of it, but it was. I, I maybe, well, maybe it was something I was something reading. that I watched or read was talking about how they actually, in, in the, uniquely as the Doctor kind of does, they're actually heralded as an, an, an advancement in the medical world because of the fact that they were bringing bodies to doctors so that doctors could advance medicine, and unfortunately, it was having to be done nefariously, but they are credited with being a huge leap forward in the advancement of internal medicine. I really like that medicine. aspect of this because and, I never thought of that yeah. or had and, that pointed out to me before. So in, in fact, when knowing that, and then the doctor, I was actually very much on the side of the doctor when he was he was almost enamored by meeting these guys and very excited about this. And, and Evelyn's taking the other side of this, like, well, you know, they're grave robbers. You, and and, you, and you, killers. You shouldn't, yeah, and killers. We should, well, we shouldn't praise them. Well, the original, when they got started, they weren't. They were just digging bodies <laughs> yeah. up. But, um, so he was, he was on this side of it's, it's odd for somebody to praise somebody that's doing something nefarious as this. 
But I was on that same side of thinking, yeah, that's kind of interesting because they are kind of elevated to this weird quasi-status of advancing internal medicine because of what they did for the cause. And, I mean, honestly, there was, was a couple of guys making some money oh, yeah. because that's how they were coming about it. But it's also if it hadn't too. happened, they probably wouldn't have advanced medicine as quickly as they did. In my mind, it's also interesting, too, that this is a sixth doctor who's coming to their defense. Because of all of the doctors, he tends to be the the most secure in his belief of right and wrong mm-hmm. and the quickest to judge in some ways that what you're doing is an abomination. And I could see him very easily coming down on the other side of this, but it's not. Maybe why it works so well. Too, and maybe, you know? maybe yeah. it is. Maybe it's that playing against type. Because if, so, if, if it was Sylvester <laughs> McCoy, if it was the seventh doctor going, oh, no, no, wait, 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 just a minute, you'd kind of be like, oh, because of his chess player machination, yeah. being able to see multiple sides of the story kind of thing. And, and it helps kind of soften him as a character. It the does. The fact that he isn't so staunch in his beliefs of them being evil. And that's one of the things I found that I really enjoyed is is Colin Baker's performance in this is just, out, I mean, he's always good, but I felt particularly outstanding in this because I, I, it just it suddenly felt like we were being revealed another facet of yeah. his doctor's character, even though it was very subtle and it wasn't necessarily, you know, hitting you over the head with, oh, look how he feels about this. But it was it was just there because it's not what I expected him. I expected him to be charging into the I'm going to put this, you know, we're going to we have a chance to shut this down. It's not a fixed point, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, eh, maybe we should let it go. And, yeah. <laughs> I went, what? So and he treated them almost like celebrities. In a way, yeah. yeah he was he was very thrilled to meet these people. And <laughs> keep up the good work. It's like what? <laughs> but I liked that. I like I really liked that aspect. Yeah. Of it. I think the weakest part of the story is Knox. And while they're, yeah, they're, which they're... is is strange because he's actually a recurring uh, character in <laughs> Big Finish. So we're going to be revisiting Knox eventually as well, which I think. It, Gives is the impression that's that's left oh, yeah. at the end of this yeah, is that he, obviously Knox's story is not over. And we get a reference to him in the next story too. So oh, that's right. Yeah, he was yeah. Me- that was mentioned in that as well. So oh, and, and he was it was interesting at first, but then he kind of told his story. And it was kind of like man, and then he his story wound up kind of somewhat being bogus, and it's just kind of like oh. he was the kind of scenery chewing, mustache twirling villain that. I expect more of from Big Finish. Yeah. I expect more than that from my villains from yeah. Big Finish in this. And, but there was some great dialogue between the two of them and how, yeah. like, uh, he says something to the doctor and it's almost like he's been waiting for such a villain to to kind of give him that master-esque Which is funny because persona. I think Knox doesn't even come near as far as I mean, because that you're right. That's kind of the impression that he's, the he's doctor trying gives. to be is, but it, he just becomes very. He, well, he, the doctor plays him off so much. Of you like, know what I mean? Uh, whatever. And maybe that's that's what it yeah. is. Is because uh, he how doesn't. How many times have I heard this spiel from yeah, so many people? He's, he's not very menacing. He's not very. It, it's almost like they're trying to build this air of mystery around Knox. And I don't feel like it, it quite achieves that, you know, who is this guy? What, why does he have a time, you know, why does he have a TARDIS yeah. and he's not a Time Lord? And, but they just, they don't really delve into that enough. And, and again, maybe that's brought out later when we, when we kind of unravel this character in further stories. But it's just, it, I don't know, I felt like it needed to go a little further to make me more intrigued about Knox rather than just being, 
Maha, well, you, this is what you thought, but it's really not. You know, I mean, that's just kind of how it was. That's how it was presented. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I really, and then I, even still, it didn't seem like it wasn't not all. From what I remember of it, because it's been even a little longer for me, it, I, his plan was very convoluted for no reason, and he was trying to come up with a cure or whatever to the the virus but then i didn't quite get what he was going to do with it after the fact well he was he was working for another species that had contracted him in order to uh come up with the cure of the virus for their species because they had contracted this and so he was kind of working as i get the impression he was working as a an arbiter on one side and there were probably other people working on viruses as well and he was trying to be okay, the one so that, that had. That's the, what I got yeah. from it. He, but, he's the one that had, was was trying to get the. But but the the but, problem but the way with they that portrayed is, it was it, it, they they played it like almost. Yes, this is what I'm doing, and I kind of got the impression from the first time they talked, and then later he comes back, and the doctor's like, "You weren't telling the truth, et cetera, et cetera." Well, the problem is the doctor steps in, and it's almost like he just kind of brushes that aside and says, "Because he says, what are you going to do now? Because you know you're not going to be able to." Do, and, it, and he was very unaffected by it. He was very. Well, you know, I'll just you know move on and do something. I, it's just it, there was no there was no there's no dire straits in yeah. this for anywhere, and except for we've got some sort of time loop going on here because he's utilizing this era in order to continually work on this, and, and then making, and the doctor and, has to trick him outside of by taking Jamie out of the situation. He has to trick him I, I outside guess, I guess of the, the, big the loop in order to open that back up, which is mildly clever, but. It's also almost on a, such a simplistic basis that it's like that it doesn't add any weight or gravity yeah. to the story. And I, I guess the big twist of he's doing that, finding the cure, but then also getting these rich people to get the Burke and Hare experience at the same time yeah. in this loop of this audience. So it's it's kind of like, really? That's the other right. That's the other that, shoe? That's right. Really? That was you're, the other you're, side you're, of this is it's all a performance. For yeah. some other observers, which I thought was odd as well. And it's like, why even do this? Which makes sense why he's brushing off the whole, well, yeah. you know, I've, I've got these clients, but I've also got these clients over here. It, yeah, just, just, it made it So let me get this straight. Doing you're, you're, too much, and neither one was too much of a threat. Yes, you're, you're exactly. That's exactly right. You're working for these aliens, and you're going to try and cure this disease. And you're making money off of another group of aliens who are basically just watching you work on... I don't even know that you can say aliens, the observers, because I got the impression it could be anybody. It could be future Earth. It could be various species of aliens. It's anybody that comes to watch what's happening. So so you're you're basically charging people to watch you work. This is either the greatest scam in the history (laughs) of great scams. Or the dumbest. Or the dumbest. (laughs) And I I, I got to that point and went, what? And I did. I backed it up and went... (laughs) What happened to the, the, the kind of cloak and dagger mystery thing that we were doing with the two guys and the body snatching and the Frankenstein story? Because I was really, I was enjoying that one. And then this bad guy showed up and he's got a TARDIS. And I thought maybe he's the master, but he's not. And it's just, where did you go? What, what happened here? Yeah, it's, it, it, it's just, it, very, it felt very left turn off the rails at that point. And it's like, well, I'm not, it's not that I'm not enjoying it because I am. It's still good. It's still interesting. But you're really going to have to do something amazing to kind of pull these, what yeah. I feel, are two very desperate parts and bring them together. And as you pointed out... The oh, MacGuffin's clever. We're, we're just or gonna, not the MacGuffin, the, the resolution's clever. We're, we're yeah. going to give you this resolution, and it is. It's very clever. It's very clever in its simplicity. And it left me going... 
it wasn't satisfying mm-hmm. though. Yeah. It was clever, but that's really all I can say. Because I you get up to the point where, you know, Daff Jamie shakes his hands, it's like, Aha! Cool. Did we really need to go through yeah, the rest of that exactly. to get to that moment? <laughs> exactly. It's that's what it felt like. It felt like we really went through all of that to get to here. Yeah. Yeah. It just It's like they had this it, this awesome, you know. Not vindictive, but this awesome comeuppance. Mm, comeuppance there for, you go. for this That's character, and the, yeah. the doctor gives it to him. I was like, "Yeah," but I didn't need the dog and pony <laughs> show that you trotted out but here to go with it. You don't even get the satisfaction of seeing him suffer from the virus either. He yeah, just, just runs off, yeah. and so it's like you well, assume he goes to die. Everything but works. Obviously, okay, he, does obviously he does it. I, I honestly, I mean, again, I, I think. Thinking about it, I think it's only it's Tennant's performance of Daft Jamie that holds this thing together as far as being very interesting. Oh yeah, the fact that he the portrayal of this character. Oh, I didn't realize that was, was David Tennant. Oh yeah, it's so so out. Oh, wow, wow. wow. It, it, I I didn't know it was David Tennant until I was most of the way through it, and then I was like, oh, I was looking at some information because I, I I had gotten confused on a few things and went to a wiki and went. Oh, okay, wouldn't have got that, but yeah. No, Inter- interestingly enough, I thought nice, Tennant was in the next one. No, it's this there, there were parts of uh, what was it, what was the character's name? Andy, uh, the, the 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 boyfriend of the yeah, I believe of, of M. There were moments where he was like, "My M is gone." Blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. I went, "Wow, yeah. that really sounds like David Tennant." And I had Mel look it up because we listened to it on the car uh, back and forth today, and she's like, "Nope, not him." And I'm like, "Huh? <laughs> okay." I had no idea he was Daft Jamie. Yeah. Uh, wow. Maybe that goes to why I like the character. Well, that's so I, 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 I was loving the character. Oh, and he, he was so well performed and written. The performance was yeah. one, that's just it. And and because they could have easily tried the, to play. Him. Luckily, what what I liked about it is the fact that he is the he is the conclusive piece of the puzzle too, or of the of the conclusion. He's the way that that that. that the doctor works out a way to fix this situation, and. For a character that's really just kind of going through and, and they're dropping little things as we go, and we know that, that he's he's not affected by the uh, time events that are happening because he's remembering things that other people can't, and it's because of his faculties and all of these little things. So you know that he's a key player here, but then to pull that through to the end and he be the reason or the fix to mm-hmm. the situation – that's what is clever about the story, and I think that's weaved really well. It's written really well, and then, like you said, the performance is just top notch. And, and they could have tried to take that character and made him just for laughs, but they gave the character so much. Heart. That's dangerous, though, with that yeah. type of character. Yeah, well, somebody but, 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 with a mal- malady or so much or depth or and so much heart. Yeah, absolutely. And be, by making him through that line, and then the fact that they dropped him off, and then had that kind of somber end to the story. With the Doctor and Evelyn and the TARDIS was a nice way to end that. See, my first thought when he showed up as a character, I, I was I was a little surprised. It was like, wow, that's honestly kind of daring for Big Finish to do that. Not from the standpoint that it wasn't time appropriate, um, but just that you it's would. It's daring that it's a sens- very sensitive subject. Exactly, and yeah. it, it's daring that you would you would choose to do that. And then I became very interested, and it's like, okay, so how are you going to do this? Because you 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 have to toe that line of he can't be a stereotypical person with disability for this time pr- period, even yeah. because then it would be offensive. Right. So so at what how how are you going to work this? So how are you going to tiptoe that? Yeah, how and and they, they did it marvelously. I had, I'm still I'm, I'm I'm flabbergasted that was David Tennant. <laughs> 
I mean, I know he's done Big Finish, uh, obviously. We, we, yeah. we, we heard him in Coldits, and I knew he'd done a couple others. I had no idea that was him. Gary Russell points I don't think out. I'm going to seek him out. I think I'm just going to be surprised every time he shows up now and be like, oh, my God, there's David Tennant. Gary Russell points out this is one of the longest scripts I've ever seen, and we did record a lot of it. I remember sitting with Davey Darlington and telling him, and him telling me that the episode was about 90 minutes long. We had to cut out whole storylines and great swaths of dialogue had to go. It is possible that I may have, may have, compromised Robert Ross's story by having to cut so much out. Which maybe that's where it suffers from becoming... That could be. Maybe yeah, he had to cut a lot of... The, yeah, uh, the things that made it even a little more compelling or, or mysterious or, or whatnot. Uh, the other interesting note from the book is, uh, which I did bring this week, Doctor Who. Which book is it, Glenn? It is the uh, Big Finish Companion, Volume 1. Written by? Uh, Richard Dinnick. And congrats go out to Richard Dinnick, who is now working at NBC Universal. That's right, I saw oh. that. Friend of the show, Richard Dinnick, I can say that. Um, <laughs> As opposed to nemesis of the show, Eric Roberts. <laughs> Gary also recalls that during the recording of the play, Christopher Eccleston had been cast as the Doctor. And he says, quote, I remember a discussion about the casting with myself, Colin, Robert Ross, and David Tennant. <laughs> So Tennant was working in Doctor Who when he learned of <laughs> Eccleston <laughs> being cast. Interesting. So. I think my biggest... Do you think, do you think it was a great discussion of them all sitting around the microphone going, wow, he's going to be crap. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this Eccleston I guy? Wasn't not. he in G.I. Joe? I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm teasing. He was that skinny dude from 28 Days Later, right? <laughs> Did he just play a villain in that Nicolas Cage movie? <laughs> You guys have anything else on this story? I think my biggest thing is on the on the whole Knox thing. Going back to that very briefly, they had set it up so brilliantly. I could I had convinced myself because I didn't think it was the master. I that was the easy choice to go yeah, to. But. And I, I didn't think they would do that because it didn't sound like one of the actors I knew who would play the, the master. So my brain next went to I went Ronnie. Nah, because I knew they hadn't done it. I went to the meddling monk, and I thought that this was, would be was an my awesome meddling. And I convinced myself it was the meddling monk, and then we got the revelation that it's not, and then he's not even a time lord. It's like, oh man, <laughs> and that could be part of why Knox's story falls down for me is because I had set myself up with this brilliant idea, and it didn't. It felt through. very much like a meddling monk. Oh yeah, this is something he'd do oh, totally. You know, and then in a and, way, and he would even be the one selling the it, the the experience. It makes more sense the that way. Experience totally for, for, for him to be. You know, I've set it up in a time loop, and I'm making money off of it. And it's like, oh, you evil person, you. <laughs> but then it, it didn't quite go that way. And I I think I, I totally agree with you. Where it fell down for me was if we're going to have Knox, and you're going to give me this kind of intriguing setup setup for him. Let's forgo everything else and give me the backstory to this guy. Let's tell yeah. that story. Or, or, or leave it a mystery instead of giving me these lame plots. Or or leave it a mystery. You're exactly right. Yeah. You've got to do one or the other with it. And I just felt like they maybe tried to do a little too much of both as the story progressed. And as you, as you pointed out, Glenn, maybe that's just, you know... Way too much editing that that, that wound up. Maybe, maybe it suffered from cutting room. I, I wonder if if there's something in 
the, the big finish pantheon that maybe they will start pulling a uh, BBC Worldwide and we'll go back and we'll get special edition releases. <laughs> director's, <laughs> director's cut. Cuts of, or writer's cut. Writer's, writer's cut. Yeah, of some of these audios that might go back and, you know, paint in some of these holes a little bit. I don't know. But yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. I'm going to I'm going to kind of fall back on this one's okay, but I'm hoping that we can retroactively fix it with some of the further upcoming Knox stories that come yeah. down the pipeline yeah, that maybe so we can come back and revisit because this one later. Really and go, the only, is the only weak part of it cuz yeah. I I love the idea of the doctor exploring Birkin Air. So And for the next one, peer pressure in 1936 Brighton, strange lights and terrible sounds are coming from beneath the pier. The dead are usually ambu- are unusually ambulatory. The only hope is the doctor in England and Max Miller? <laughs> Done! And then it kind of fell off for me. <laughs> <laughs> He's already got the same impression. I was really excited about this, and I just felt like it was going to be a wonderful story. And then it just became meddling again. It was like <laughs> the first episode. <laughs> I uh, did. You guys know who Max Miller was going into this? I, 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 I some, somebody else I did that when, when they finally went, "Oh, you're that Max Miller," and I went, "Oh, well, this is somebody else. I should probably know." <laughs> I did not know. He reminded me of W. C. Fields, and I wondered if that was. Maybe well, I wonder a if he's like a British, a British equivalent. It. Maybe I don't know. But I, I bet Keith knows. Did you? Did you embed him? I am uh, Wikipedia in him now. Um, he was the cheeky chappy. And a British comedian who is widely regarded as the greatest stand-up comedian of his generation. In Britain. Apparently. <laughs> 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 the very least in Brighton. <laughs> um, he, he was born in 1894, so, I mean, it's not like we had delegates. Well, I guess he was in his 40s by the time this story, because yeah, this took place in the greatest comedian of his, uh, what's the word, of his generation? Of his, yeah, generation. Generation. So, for that generation... Yeah. The first episode of this was so good. If you had done nothing but given me Evelyn and the Doctor and back and forth in the TARDIS and then landing and going to the pub and meeting up with with Miller and having a couple of pints, and that was it? (laughs) (laughs) I've been over the moon for this story. The characterization, the dialogue... The, the the interplay, the, the acting, everything was phenomenal. And then, unfortunately, we got something at the end of the pier plot that kind of came, <laughs> came into being. And I just was like, okay, cool. We're going to go Scooby-Doo the mystery. All right, this will be fun. And it wasn't. Yep. Nothing happened. Yep, nothing happens. And the resolution of this is almost just... There's no reason for anybody else to be there. The doctor sort of takes care of the situation benignly. Well, it's just... And Billy runs off really early yeah, on. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Billy. Let Not me, Andy, Billy. Billy, uh, uh, Billy. Well, uh, Albert was... Or Albert, Albert. Albert was Albert's the one, the one I thought it was. Yeah, Albert. Right. So let me just... Let's step aside real quick because this was far more interesting than this story. The story features Billy, who, by the way, does not have a last name in the story. Okay. This story features Billy, a young actor who had starred in films <laughs> called While Parents Sleep and I'm, and I'm an Explosive. There were actual films by this title made in the 1930s, both of which starred a young actor called Billy Hartnell. <laughs> <laughs> this actor what? was playing 
a young William Hartnell in this story, starring in actual films of those names. Billy's in the first part, isn't he? Yep. It goes on to say... (laughs) He goes on holiday. It goes on to say, (laughs) after Tom Baker's appearance in comic TV action, this is the second time that the real-life Doctor actor has appeared as himself in a Doctor Who storyline. It would happen a third time with Matt Smith's appearance in the comic The Girl of Doctor Who. So, a little bit of meta going on there. I thought that was genius. See, now, what happened? like David Tennant being <laughs> Daft Jamie in the one story elevated that one, I've suddenly got just that much more appreciation for that story. At least the first part. At least the first part. Unfortunately, I think I, I, I don't know that I mentioned. I can't go to the book for this one because this only goes to 75, and I believe this was episode 78. 78, yeah. No, no witty um, insider information from Richard Dinnick on this one. Afraid not. At least not yet. Um, but Christmas But is thanks to TARDIS Wikia for that bit of money. So. <laughs> you know, there, there's some really great stuff in that first part. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I love the fact Set that up is they, they think Set up the, is wonderful. the comments about uh, Six's costume or, or coat of how he, they think he's in fancy dress based <laughs> off of one of his the characters Maxie plays. plays. Yeah. <laughs> Everything about, like I said, we started with the Tartars and you're brooding. No, I'm not. I'm just, I just, I just wish I could have a good sulk and stay, you know, and it's like, what is wrong? All of that is phenomenal. And it's just, it's it, just it, so it, good. It's, it's so nice having that right on the heels of medicinal purposes. Yeah. That yes, kind yes, of yes. gives more weight to uh, the sacrifice, it, quote unquote. It's, it's nice agreed. to kind of have that through agreed. line a little bit that, that, yeah. that we've got that. And then, you know, the introduction of, uh, of of Maxie. And he's great. He's brilliant. He's funny. He's got all this fantastic stuff. And I was worried initially when he first showed up. And I went, oh, you're going to be that character. Yeah, a little bit scenery chewing, a little bit too I over was, the top. I was worried he was going to be too over the yeah. top, as we've seen in, in by some guest actors on mm-hmm. uh, uh, well, you know who I thought he Colin was? Baker and Sylvester McCoy episodes. Actually. Sure, sure. I, I thought he was Bernard Cribbins. I thought the actor who played him. Was oh, he, he's Cribbins. very he sounds very similar. Yeah. A lot yeah. like him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then it's like, okay, so we've got the thing at the end of the pier. All right, cool. We're going to go do this. What is it? Well, according to the doctor, it's and I quote, "Evil." <laughs> what? <laughs> I couldn't take it seriously. I just you 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 have ill defined your monster at this point because all I can think of is David Warner in Time Bandits. Mm-hmm. It's the ultimate evil. Oh. That must be bad. <laughs> I mean, it could wipe out the whole planet. Okay, so you're, you're trying to give me a something to go. But you know, if you're, if you're going to make it a monster, make it a monster and give it teeth and fangs and slime and something. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. If you're going to make it an idea, I guess you can't get any scarier than evil. But it just seems so ill-defined that I couldn't get excited by it. And then the character who's being evil, this Talbot guy, is like. <laughs> laughable, very laughable. No, absolutely. Especially when he's switching Here's, between the. the, the I know. <laughs> to take that a step further, if you're going to go there and you're going to make it this un- intangible evil and make it, you know, mythic and and just bad, but then it's almost like then they tried to define it. Then yeah. they, they they go but along. They undercut they, the idea. They undercut the idea by trying. They don't su- sufficiently define it, but they undercut the idea by trying to define it, and then it's like. You can't have both. You can't. Yeah. You, you can't, can't have the gnarly words. monster and the idea of evil and 
mesh them together in this way. You can do it, but you can't do it the way they did it. Well, when, when, when the Doctor and Evelyn are coming back down the dock, and he's going, just keep walking, just keep walking, I don't want... I was generally kind of like, oh... This guy's serious. Okay, there's something creepy going on here that's yeah. to, that, that, is, that is... And that was the, the biggest level of concern that I got from it. Because at no point in time after that did I feel like the Doctor really exhibited any kind of genuine care or concern for how evil, even mm-hmm. though he told everybody this is how evil it is, but he didn't he, act even, that Even way. sending Evelyn back to the TARDIS with Maxie. Well, even if he had insinuated like, that the reason he wasn't coming across that way was because he was being very cautious about it and making sure that he didn't portray the fact that he was so afraid or concerned but they don't. He doesn't convey that. Had he even slightly yeah. conveyed that he was putting on airs in order to continue to trick it, as he did walking away from it, I could have bought it a little more. But you're right. It's he's very uncaring and unconcerned. Well, and then it, or, it, or he's concerned, but it's very minimal. It so, cheapens yeah. the the sacrifices and the deaths that come right, later. Right. When Especially it's like, of Albert, you you and M stay here. Yeah. yeah. And then the Al- Albert wouldn't stay. Go home. Which, yeah, and then you're yelling at Albert going, you dummy. <laughs> you're the reason she said. Stay. Dead. If yeah. you would have stayed, she wouldn't have died. It just, and throughout this whole up and down, that they kept trying to make it more, oh, wait, look at the, look at this, look at this, look at this. It's it's scary. It's evil. It's the, And then we get more Talbot, and he's like, oh, I'm evil. And then there's a sudden turn at the very end. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, I don't, I don't buy it. And yeah. Well, and that was, it's even, not, even they, they don't sell it very well. No, though. they don't sell it well at all. It's like, okay, so are you, are you, are you trying to be clever, or are you kind of more of this, you really don't know how you want the story to go, which is what it felt like. And we're just kind of middling here waiting mm-hmm. for yeah. things to wrap mm-hmm. up. And then we would go back to the TARDIS with Evelyn and Maxie and I'd spy this. And, oh, you're making up words. What's the song <laughs> Screwdriver? And that was a nice It doesn't bit. even exist anymore. Which and, I like the moments between Maxie and Evelyn. I did. And, and, I, and I continued to enjoy the portrayal of Maxie. I enjoyed the, the – unfortunately, the character really doesn't feel like it goes anywhere or becomes relevant at any point. Yeah, he's just along for the ride the entire time. There's no need the perf- for him to be there yeah. like Jamie. The performance well, other than, other is – than the joke. Right, when, right. When Which it's distracting like him so the you kept him around there. for this. That you know. Is, yeah. But but the performance is still genuinely fun. I really right. thought yeah. the, the, the man really portrayed the character very, very well. well consistent. He consistent. says, <laughs> Doctor, how many fingers am I holding up? And Evelyn goes – don't be crass. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, she's enjoying it. Too. I, I she's did offended a ball. and having a ball. I did a double time. take in my head and went, "What is he?" Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't understand how you can have these kind of highs mm-hmm. with this kind of man. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, agreed. It's so frustrating because somewhere in here there was a really good, a really good thing, but you know. And then I don't think that, you know, so we've got an identified, we've got evil and mild mannered Talbot, and we've got a monster that roars and glows green and has force fields, <laughs> but it's apparently just evil. And, <laughs> and then. And globs of whatever. Yeah. And then, so we get the reveal, if you will, at the end, oh, that it's a whole race. It's not just one alien, it's a whole race of aliens that sunk to the bottom of this thing, <laughs> and they're all there. And it's like. That's the. Okay, and they're just trying to get out. What? What? But, yeah, you know, that's that, when it gets undercut because then it's like now we've tried to define it, and it's like, eh. well, this I is was, the best you came up with. I, I was, I was, because I, I was fighting it 
going, well, you're going to have to do better than just give me the supernatural mm-hmm. evil. Well, you, know, you got to give me something. You know how yeah, we talked about though. <laughs> when yeah, they I define the it this way, though, then it's like. But then they did, they came up with that and was like, yeah. I liked it better as a supernatural. I evil. did too. I was the same <laughs> way. Just, and I would have been upset over that. But. Science aspect to it, just not give me some science. science and keep it ambiguous. But don't really science it so much that it's like what? And then the doctor doesn't. Well, I could go save it's, these it's, people. It's I could go help these people. I could go. Hey, let me take you off this planet and go put you somewhere that you can, you know. Or let's go home. Let's take the fight to them. Let's go and, yeah. No, I'm just going to kill all of you here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're going to weld you to the pier. And <laughs> <laughs> what happens then? I don't know. 70 years from now, it'll collapse. And then and what? They'll, and they'll be free. We don't know. I don't know. We'll come I back. Know. We'll find out. <laughs> it seemed, it felt like another setup to a possible story down the road. I sure yeah. hope not. But it's not good enough of a story I to. I can't say that that will be true because I don't have anything just, further. I got to have my. Volume two, I guess. You, you, you understand, <laughs> Doctor, that w- when you do something like, you know, you mix up your sums with uh, the Hand of Omega or the uh, uh, um, Lady Fancy Pants. What was it that was... Um, oh, the Silver Nemesis. The, the, yeah, with, with the comet actually coming back. Yes, yes. But you gave us 700 years, 500 years, 400 years. <laughs> a 400-year mistake. Give us, give us some time, yeah, to I can deal with it. work it out. 400 years, I'll come back and fix 70, it. Mm-hmm. 70 years. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I really it's don't a drop know. in the hat for the doctor. Know, it's like you got to to you. You got to come back next I'm week. I have to come back tomorrow. <laughs> and and I, I really don't have the words for how what happened. And we were again. This is the one we listened to in the car. And Mel was so excited. She was like, "I'm going to get to listen to Doctor Who because she hasn't got to hear one in so long." And then we listened to it. And it started off, and she was there. And then she pulled out the passion party stuff and started doing other <laughs> things while it was on. And then it ended. And she was like, I didn't like it. <laughs> she was like, what was up with that? The thing was just evil. I mean, I admit I wasn't paying all that much attention to it, but it was just evil. I said, yeah, it was just kind of evil. She goes, well, that sucks. <laughs> just, Do you guys want to know? I like the open. I said, I did too. Uh, kind of spoiler for sure. what's the head. What's the head? The endo do come back with Knox. The two of Assassins them are together by in the next limelight. Limelights. It is. Uh, hold on. Assassins right. by lime, lime, limelight. I think is what. Knox's yeah. Next Assassins story in the limelight. In the limelight. Okay. So I they're going to bring these two <laughs> well, middling villains. So apparently, <laughs> we, apparently, we have a trilogy here, and we'll get the conclusion eventually. I will. Uh, Refrain from <laughs> passing judgment in hopes that a further episode with the uh, what were they called the the Indo too bad we too bad we did, too bad we let you tell us that because it might have been a pleasant surprise when we go hey oh. it paid off those stories <laughs> or we wouldn't have remembered what the Indo were well, probably <laughs> three years Not from maybe. now we'd have gone oh my god remember those two stories that were kind of eh, that's the greatest thing ever <laughs> it's in thirty. Stories. Yeah, but don't now. go too far. Yeah, yeah, don't give us too much information. <laughs> I'm just saying, episode one or, or don't keep it. 108. <laughs> Were both these written by the same guy? Uh, I did just put it away. I don't know. I didn't. Know. <laughs> Hold on. Let me pull it up. <laughs> I'm gonna get some into being. Who, who wrote the first one? Robert uh, Ross. Ross. Yeah. Yep. So he did write both of them. Okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense now. 
Apparently this is wrong. And he writes the third one. So. I hope that's not par for the course. You know what I mean? Well, we've either got something to look forward to or not. <laughs> I, I, I hope It'll be interesting either way. Something to dread. I hope that it's not one of those things where the producers are coming around and Robert comes back and he says, I've got this idea for a fourth story. And they're like, Robert, you kind of have this middling <laughs> villain thing. And we, we indulge you with putting the two of them together, but they're still because kind of middling. Because there were some great parts of the other ones. Uh, uh, so unfortunate. I just... Yeah, we'll really, see. We'll see. We'll Maybe see. I'm going to refrain from from passing too much judgment here. L- but. Luckily, the the writer Robert Ross had some nuggets Obviously, in there that really. I mean, these, these could have really came down as, as stinkers as far as our reviews. But we're being very generous because <laughs> there are performance elements of them that made them that well, again, made them he, worth he, it. And he left made things in a way that him. we expect more to come. Yeah. So, so that helps us from being as harsh on it as yeah. it is. Well, if it was, true. we killed these dead permanently, then we would be, have a much harsher then we'd be going of this story. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the, for me, it's the voice of the characters. When you get the doctor and Evelyn or the doctor and whoever his companion is right, I'm much more willing to kind of forego the rest yeah. of it because at least you have a handle on who you're writing for. Yes. Yeah. Great. Even if your plot was kind of meh, at least you had this right, which shows me you can come back with a better plot later. Speaking of our characters, but if this is bad. And what this, is this bad. does, what these two stories do, is it really Evelyn has been? She was through a lot in the death of, um, which we get some nice references to. Uh, what was the vampire? Um, Luke, not Lucy. Um, Cassie. Say, yeah, Cassie. Cassie. So the, between the death of Cassie and then the little fight they had on the when they went to the planet, they got involved in the whole politics, politics yeah. stuff. Yeah. Evelyn's character. Has, she's finally come around to a realization, I believe, because she's been through a lot. I mean, even Doctor and the Pirates. I mean, there was just there was a lot of emotion that she was dealing with, yeah. a lot of baggage, a lot of things that she had to kind of come to grips with, a lot of things that she had to put a handle on. And this story, especially starting out with the Doctor talking about you know the, the boredom and not you know and 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 seeing the Doctor's perspective in a different way when he's idolizing. Um, the two characters. Burke and Hare. yeah. And so there, this does a lot for Evelyn in the sense that we've kind of swung Evelyn into a different direction where she's more of a grounding point in these two stories. Mm-hmm. Even though she's kind of just keeping Maxie <laughs> distracted or, 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 or something going on, Evelyn's character really kind of changes course and changes a, a bit of, of the that we've gone from the ebb to the flow now. And yeah. so Evelyn's a lot more enjoyable in these because we've dealt with these things. And now Evelyn is, I, mean, I think she's almost grown as a companion. She's a oh, better yeah. companion she because, because of what she went through and because of how grounded she is now and understanding of this lifestyle in the TARDIS. And I, I think that that's one thing that I think came across very well in this. It could have been easily just, well, Evelyn just came went back to the status quo before and we didn't really deal with any of that stuff. But because of the things that are happening within these stories, you really kind of simp- or don't sympathize with her. You kind of you're kind of grounded by her yourself by thinking, okay, she understands. She she's really in sync with what happens in the doctor's life and it works for her now. She's yeah. gotten through that. And I liked that aspect of the story. It didn't it didn't leave that behind. But it made it relevant. Yeah, it made yeah, it, exactly. There was a reason for it. Yeah, so it, it just it. I liked it. I liked that aspect of it as well. So there was also a great line, um, and I, I'm I'm, parap- I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't remember the exact quote. 
again from part one when the doctor meets up with uh, uh, a maxi and he's discussing the oh are you from the bbc because i can do that i should be able to come in and you know i'm naughty but nice i could dig that and the doctor replies the bbc tends to um trivialize their greatest assets or something to that <laughs> yeah. effect yeah and he says, sadly, not even I can overcome that. Yeah. <laughs> it was a nice dig. The meta the in meta. that statement was like, <laughs> That was a nice dig. I did like that. So, yeah. I, so. There's nuggets. There's nuggets that There's just kept it from being a really moments. bad yeah. story. And I think we, we can recognize that and, and move on from there. Anything else about these two? I, I don't know. Does anybody wish that we would have gotten just a straight monster under the pure story without all of the um, evil, you know, or, or a straight know. evil story? I mean, it's the monster aspect of it. I it, think it might have been a little they, better. I think the thing is they tried, and I think I was that was better than the creature from the crypt or well, something. Because that's the other thing. They, give us a creature from the black. I think what this was which we referenced. I think yeah. what the, while I enjoyed the stories that we that we had before this with the political intrigue and everything that came before the the uh, uh, not Lazarus uh, Project Twilight the Project, Forge the, the oh, Forge yes. with the Forge yeah. These were different from that, and I appreciated that. I appreciated mm-hmm. that they did try to be one-offs, even though they don't end up being one-offs. <laughs> they tried to be one-offs. So I think I was relieved in the sense that it was more of a straightforward story, and there wasn't a lot of this emotion going on. So actually, I was kind of relieved for that because I felt like we got into this really emotional ups and downs between England yeah. and the Sixth Doctor, and this kind of seemed to level that this, off This helped balance so, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I... But again, all that for me came in the in the first episode. That it just it just didn't really. Yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah. only, the only for me, the only really redeeming character bits that came out of the rest of this was Evelyn's unshakable faith that the yeah. doctor's going to fix this, and right. you don't know in the way Which that is I do. Nice. You know, After he, what he's he's going to come back, and it's like okay, that's, that's what, great. Yeah, that was what made the relevant. Was I it? wish the doctor wasn't over running around over here sacrificing people because of his blase <laughs> fair attitude. That's he wasn't living up to what she exactly she said. Yeah, and I, I it totally makes sense that the same guy wrote these now because I I fell into the okay, so we've got a guy and he's locked in this room and he's talking to this voice. Well, it's a great intelligence story. <laughs> I never jumped there, and then it was like, no, well, that's too I got easy. the I got the great intelligent esque. I didn't think it was yeah. the great intelligent, yeah. but I yeah. got that same that same style. kind of feel. Yeah. yeah, and then they even they even name dropped it later. Yeah, not in the but he even says, oh, with your great intelligence that we could go and do this. I was like, nah, you're 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 fooling me now. Forcing it, and then all of a sudden we got these. Well, it's a glowing green blobby alien thing, and I went the Rutons, Rutons! Yep. and it wasn't them either. <laughs> and I just kind of kept going. Uh, which now, like you said, it makes sense that he wrote these because it was it's, almost a calculated effort to deceive you. Yes. Yeah. And so it's I, I don't know. I kind of almost wish he'd have picked one or the other. I think let's rewrite the first one and make it to the meddling monk, and let's rewrite the second one and make it. Interestingly so enough, we'll the meddling it. monk was the idea for Knox. In fact, oh, totally. he wanted oh, he yeah. wanted yeah. Tony Butterfield, who is uh, Butterfield's son, uh, that played the meddling monk. He wanted they wanted him to voice the mentally monk for this because uh, Peter Butterfield has passed. Right. But Tony, yeah. his son, apparently sounds very much like his father. And so they were going to have Tony come in and, and voice the mentally monk for that story for medicinal purposes. And it was going to be the mentally monk. 
and it got it just got changed in the process mm-hmm. to to be the Knox character. So it's interesting that you say that because that was the idea, which has probably planted the idea of that type of character for Knox. Since he was written in that, yeah, with him it the was written. Now, yeah. I think it was a meddling monk story he was working on. It wasn't necessarily the meddling monk in this story, right. but that meddling monk story evolved into ah, medicinal purposes. Okay. So. Back to draft. <laughs> That's what I have to say. Back about to draft. That. Let's go back to draft. Anything else on these two? I don't think so. so. Let's move along and talk about the schedule. Well, coming up next week on the schedule, uh, we uh, Friday Night Who are going to do the first three episodes of Planet of the Spiders. Yay! John Berkeley. Um, Finally. Another one that's currently unavailable on DVD, so you may have some difficulty finding it. Uh, well, it's, it's available. It's just a little higher. It's just a little higher, higher, a little higher in price. Yeah. Not, not as Sean, high as... Sean says it every week, and I have to correct him. No, it's okay. It's just a little higher in price. Not as, well, not as high as, like, the invasion. Amazon price. still has it. Warner Brothers Store has it still. You get a, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're fighting against... Deep Discount has it. some odd years of video retail that says moratorium <laughs> is bad. <laughs> It's on moratorium. Moratorium means moratorium means no more are being pressed. Correct. And anybody who still has it in stock are allowed to sell out their it, stock. It, it's, it's not quite Disney Vault unavailable. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it's, it's but diff- once that stock, we, you should be warned, listener. Once that stock's gone, it's gone. Yeah. They, and they're then not, the prices they're really not printing that or pressing that jump anymore. up. But it does appear to be on both Daily Motion and Hulu. So, there, and, and yeah. as you pointed out, yes, you can still buy a light, slightly more expensive copy uh, out there. So, it, which is a two disc set? It is. Right? It's, I, I paid thirty five dollars for a two disc set. So that's and that's right in line that, with retail yeah. price. So, I mean, um, Amazon obviously knocks it down usually about thirteen to twenty percent off of retail. But with Amazon selling it at what it would have been retail, obviously they've pulled that price up because they're limited supply. Yeah. So we're going to be uh, because we're breaking it up and doing the first three and then the second three. Um, we'll have a hole in the schedule next week for the show, so we're going to do some more big finish to fill that hole. Yes. We're going to do the Fifth Doctor and Turlo in number seventy-six Singularity, which won't be in your book, Glenn. <laughs> um, and then we're going to do uh, the Fifth Doctor and Perry and Aramim in number seventy-one. The Council of what do we have? Nicaea. Nicaea. The Council which of Nicaea, is which is in your book, so you can bring that again next. And I, I should add that something that I forgot after I listened to that the Council of Nicaea is actually where they established the canon for the Bible. So that's when they picked the what is it, sixty-six books of the Bible. Oh, okay. That's when they said this oh. is what's going to be biblical. I think I had talked about how they'd set forth the, the, the dogma of the church and, right. and the rules. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually Vatican One and Vatican Two that they did. Those Nicaea was Constantine and the cardinals and the bishops and. The Pope sitting down saying, this is what's going to be in the Bible. So. Well, nobody called us out on it. So either A, yeah. our listeners didn't know, or B, they're well, so disgusted to, I wanted with to them. expound <laughs> on it. <laughs> they just went, ah, no, I, I, was, I was mushing all that into one, and it's, that's actually a very poignant point that that was establishment of canon. Do you think the doctor was on the council? <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out. Maybe that's why so much <laughs> of the Bible doesn't make sense, because he's like, you can't tell that story. I was in that one. I've got to throw that out. No, you can't tell this one either. Mm-hmm. Throw that out. Just, just put, people are confused. No, no, it'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a belief. It'll be okay. The Bible is written by Robert. What's his name? <laughs> Robert Ross. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a cheap shot. <laughs> I'm a bad host. Um, okay, so uh, uh, those two big finish next week on the show. And then we're finishing up Planet of the Spiders with parts four through six. And then we will actually review Planet of the Spiders because we've not done that one before. Mm-hmm. So new who for us. Um, and we're rapidly approaching new who. So, yay. 
Oh, and don't forget also in the show next week we will be doing um, part three, part issue three, three, issue of three of the four doctors of the four doctors. I will try to remember that. <laughs> and that well, one, that one, one almost slipped by me this week. <laughs> when we did Planet of Spiders, we'll be doing part four. So those, <laughs> those are in there as well. All right. Um, well, be sure to uh, obviously support us on Patreon, uh, our, our Spreadshirt shop. Uh, still getting some designs up there, some new designs. Nothing new this week, but we will have some new items up soon, I promise. And uh, if you're going to buy something from Amazon, if you're looking for Planet of Spiders and you can find it through our store, please do that because we get a little small chunk of that. It helps go towards this podcast as well. You can find us in the various forms of media, Facebook, Twitter, Goodreads, Google Plus. Tumblr, oh, wait. Google Plus. We're still on we're Google, Google Plus. Google Plus. Nobody uses it anymore, but we're still it's, on it. I thought Google Plus was being the plug It's pulled. still there. It's, Is it still it's, there? It's, it's, they're, they're slowly killing it. It's on life support right now, but it's, uh, I think they're about to pull the plug. Um, but anyway, you can follow some various an amazing Google Plus exclusive. <laughs> Get it before it's gone. <laughs> Bad host. <laughs> anyway, before Sean has to serve his penance, we should uh, close this shame. show out. If, the, if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be safe. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.